0: And uh, oftentimes he brings an element of laughter, but there's always an element of godly wisdom. And so uh, we're excited to have uh, Eddie uh, sharing with us today. And so just lift your hands towards him, if you would. And uh, we'll pray. Father, we thank you for Eddie and Ann. We just pray your blessing upon them today. Uh, as they bring the word, we just pray your blessing in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.
1: Hello. Hello. I'm on. Good morning, everyone. So who's here that never heard me preach before? Raise your hand. In English, yes. So good for you guys. (laughs) So usually um, I'll tell my wife, no, I don't need to preach. We got Tim Carpenter, Doug Schwartz. Mike Munson, Rod, Breno. Those guys do a better job than I do. Plus, you guys can understand them. So, I remember the first time I preached here, when people were looking, I know they did not understand when they're like smiling. And they look to the other person, what did it say? <laughs> so, yeah, so. For to be part of this church and to listen to me preach, you gotta be full of the spirit. Because there's extra gift, the gift of translation that is not in the Bible. But you know, you gotta acquire that. So if you don't know me, my name is Eddie. Call me Eddie. Uh, my real name is Eddie Velto aquino Lima Ferreira de Souza Jones. <laughs> Pastor Dan always say that my name is too long, so we keep adding last name, it. but uh, Eddie Aquino Lima. Here in, in Michigan, I'm, no, I'm known as Mr. Aquino. In Indiana, Mr. Lima, so it's the same guy. So I'm from Brazil, I, I came here in 1999. Long time ago, almost half and half. Wow, I don't know if I'm more Brazilian or American. I vote for both countries, okay? You gotta vote if you're a citizen. So I got saved I was nine years old, long time ago. My mom, it was, she, was, uh, she drank, party, and all this stuff, and she got saved, got changed her life. And eventually, I got saved as well. At 11 years old, I started playing the guitar. I started playing three chords. And they are like, man, you can play three chords? You're on the worship team. They didn't have anybody. So it's me. So together, my mom, she opened uh, two churches Uh, with me she opened another one i was not uh, with her anymore so we like in church all the time six seven days a week we're praying um, preaching leading worship so i grew up in church and then age at age 13 i started selling coffins so yeah so i didn't know i didn't want nobody to die but if you go to heaven let me sell you a coffin So, at age 15, I was tired of selling coffins and I went to another city to study, so I was on my own since then. 15 years old, working and then going to school. 20 years old, I passed this hard test to go to work for the government in Brazil, and I moved to Palmas, the capital of Tocantins. That's when I met this lady, this girl. She was leading worship with the guitar strapped on her and playing the keyboard. And I was like, man, well, she's really good that they don't have nobody here to play with her. And we start talking. Uh, she was a lead, the worship leader at that time. So I became, she's a, she was my leader. And then she fell in love with me right away. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, look at this. How can you not fall in love with me? I told her it was the one she touched my hand like the anointing of my hands she touched my hand and she fell in love with me so she waited for me for a year and a half she prayed and prayed and prayed and I'm glad she did wait for for me because it was the best decision of her life (laughs) actually my life too sorry but I was talking about my wife she's a She's the best thing after Jesus came into my life. She's my best friend. She's, of course, the mother of my kids. We got married. Uh, we started dating, and then we got married four months later. Because I knew who she was. She knows she already prayed for me. I received all the prayer I could. And uh, we married, and we have a wonderful marriage. She's my best friend, my lover. We do everything together. We eat together, we sleep together, thank God. <laughs> Still, I'm uh, Empty national right now, and I just want to say that she's gonna help me today, preaching, bring this message. Because you know, we are complete, we, we, are com- we complete each other. I make people laugh and she makes people cry. So it's just, it's, just, it's just amazing, it's just great. I just wanted you guys to give a hand to my beautiful wife. And Renee Aquino, come here, help me, baby. How you doing? I say.
0: Wow. Always when I preach, there's excitement. I don't know what I should say after what all he said. But I'll say this. Our journey... <laughs> With worships individually, started in the same year of 1985. I was 13, he was 11. We were at different places. I lived by the Araguaya River, he lived by the Tocantins River, small churches. And I started with a guitar, he started with a guitar, and then later the Lord brought us together. And yes, I had to pray a lot and fast and all of that because I knew it was going to be worth it. So. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> But in 1999, as you said, we moved here with Breno and then we had Brenda. And in 2003, the same year Brenda was born, we were given the responsibility of taking care of the worship team here at FFM and we've been at it these last 19 years. And it's been a journey. <laughs> so once in a while, we like to talk about worship and what, where our hearts are at, what do we base ourselves on. A lot of people ask, What are you? Are you guys Heal Song, Elevation, like I don't know what other names they ask sometimes. They're like, well, none of those. Uh, We try to look at what the Word of God says and follow that. Very simple. So if you do, we are going to talk about today uh, going back to the basics of worship. I think it's easy to get distracted with what's happening around us and fall into this trend of worship. And then we forget what the Word of God says, and we don't want to ever do that. So that's what we tied our message today back to the basis of worship. If you do a quick Google search, you will find what worship means according to to what is out there. It's a reverence offered to a divine being or supernatural power. Um, It can be an expressive way uh, to show reverence to that power. A form of religious practice with its creed and ritual. It's an extravagant respect or admiration for or devotion to an object of esteem. The noun, um, the definition of it is that feeling or expression for in sp- reverence and adoration to a de- deity or <coughs> oh, the worship of God. Uh, the verb is to show reverence and adoration. So that's those are just some Google things that you can find uh, of what the word worship means. But we would like to look at what the Bible says um, when it comes to worship. And uh, we are going to look at those things today and, and travel through some of the scriptures and the things that we base ourselves um, as we prepare for worship here at the church.
1: Got it? Everybody's good? So, we thought about me speaking Portuguese her translating, but my wife said no. You know, she's a very, very submissive wife that I told her like, you got to help me here, okay? Then she's like, yes, I'm on it. So, we love worship. Yeah. And the, in our church here, we have like a variety of styles and everything. So, but we really want to, to go to the basic, go to the, to the Bible. In Romans uh, 12, 1, how describes, let's see if I can go there quickly. Oh, okay. Therefore, I urge you. And my Bible says, I beseech you. I, it went over my head. The same, thing. Yeah, same thing. It's kind of like, a, I, like I beg you, correct? <clears throat> um, in, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. It's, this is like, it's amazing. Every time I read this passage... To lay your body, to give your body as a living sacrifice. And the Bible I was always talks worship with the sacrifice of before in the Old Testament was the sacrifice of animals. So there was always a comparison. But living sacrifice, that means i am got to sacrifice daily. Continue to sacrifice, to give my worship, to lay my life to the Lord. So Paul says to offer your body as a living sacrifice is the same as Ephesians 5:28 you have that one there? No. no. <laughs> but in Ephesians 5.28 it says, husbands should love your wives as their own bodies. For the for, for who loves his wife loves his own body. And the act of presenting your own body is present yourself, but it's not only your body, it's everything is in you. Your soul, your mind, your fi- everything. So, so when, when Paul talks about in Romans 12, he was comparing the sacrifice of animals, as I said. So when we present our bodies as a living sacrifice unto the Lord, he has a totality. Not only the physical, but the sacrifice must be our, made, our own decision. You have to decide if you're going to worship. You have to decide if you're going to give your life as sacrifice. And It's amazing when she said about surrendering. That's what we're going to talk about today is about surrendering your life. Surrendering your, uh, there was a word like your will, your, uh, your, your will, but everything. Okay, you got it. So when we do that, we transfer power, our power, our ownership to the power of God. So if you if we don't understand this, then we haven't made any sacrifice yet. If we don't give anything to the Lord, so we did not he really. Uh, did not understand what is worship and what is sacrifice so we can say we have given some things up I can give this or that but what matters the most is our independence we like to be independent so Lord I'm going to give you the time that it's left on my day I'm going to give you
0: two hours a week
1: two hours a week maybe so, maybe we spend more time looking at the internet than uh, reading our Bible or talking to the Lord. So, so many Christians are refusing right now to give up their independence. I don't want to give up my independence because, you know what? I like the way it is. If I surrender to the Lord, if the, t- the Lord tells me to do this or that, I don't want to do it. I want to do my own thing, and then I'm going to come to the church once a month, once a week, once a year. We got the CEO Christians that come in uh, Christmas, Easter, and others, funerals and stuff. So sometimes we don't want to do that, but God. Uh, but if you give up some things of less value, it's not giving everything. We we like to sing the song "I Surrender All." Who likes that song? Some days when we sing the song, and like here. Yeah. I'm very convicted because I'm here like, look, can I give half? <laughs> can I give a quarter? Do I have to give all? Oh. So the, the real sacrifice is the one where we give Him everything. The best thing that we have in us. The best thing, the best of who we are, we give it to God. Amen? Mm-hmm. So what does ha- this have to do with worship?
0: So we talk about Um, Laying our lives down, surrendering everything to the Lord. And when we combine that um, with how we express ourselves, you know, we can talk about worship in a sense of coming together for a church service. Um, When we express ourselves unto the Lord through music, music is just a vehicle of through where worship happens, right? It's just one of the forms of worship. So the exterior part of worship is how we express ourselves with our lips our voices, our bodies, um, we sing worship songs to God and we honor him that way. We honor him with everything that we do. So the foundation of worship is to honor God with the most complete form of submission and sacrifice of our lives and our hearts. Which was the word spoken prophetically today as Eddie said already. So when we get to this point of being willing to serve God, regardless of the price that we have to pay, then we, full, we have fully understood then what it means to truly worship to give it all, to give it completely, regardless. I think the word there is that. So everything we do as part of our worship service and when we come together, we sing songs, we pray, we clap, we shout, we use the gifts of the spirit. All of those things, it will become just a religious service if we are, it is not followed by sacrifice of our lives. So I can come here and give you a word, pray for you, shout, dance, do all of that. And then tomorrow when the Lord asks me to be obedient and speak to a co-worker and I don't do that. Or if the Lord asks me to submit to my boss and I don't do that. Everything I did on Sunday was worth nothing because it requires that sacrifice. So worship is something that happens between my spirit and the spirit of God. Which is made possible by the presence of God And the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. When we get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of us. But even so, praise and worship is still a choice that we have to make. We have to choose, do we want to worship or not? If we allow our emotions to take over, to dictate whether or not we come to church and we go, I'm not feeling it today. I'm just going to sit out, you know, chill out in the back. Just watch everyone. I'm not feeling it today. They're not bringing it like they should. If that's our heart posture, then we are missing the mark. Amen. So
1: So that's wow, that's really good, honey. So we always talk about true worship. I know when Jesus said, "Hey, I'm looking searching for worshipers that will worship in truth and spirit." And it's always like, what is the true worship? So through worship, sometimes it comes, it requires faith and obedience. Okay? It's like it's not about, she said, about emotions and feelings. Oh, I'm feeling today. Sometimes I don't want to praise, I don't want to worship. Something happens in my life, and then something really scary is coming on, and like I don't want to worship. So we have the example of King Jehoshaphat. Did I say it right? I always struggle, like, uh, I, I was joking to her, like, man, that king must be fat. Jehoshaphat. fat. <laughs> Could be me. So 2 Chronicles 20. I love this passage. So basically, I don't have time. I'm going to do this. I don't have time to read the Bible for you. You got to read. <laughs> it's like pressure on what you say. <laughs> so the thing is, it's amazing. I love this story. So King Jehoshaphat was attacked. Uh, they have they are, have threats of uh, being attacked by the, the enemy, and then King Jehoshaphat, what he do? He goes and seeks the Lord. He's afraid. He feared, and then he starts seeking the Lord and and prays, and then declare a fast and prayer for the whole nation, and then. They did that. They started seeking the Lord. They fasted and prayed. And then he started praying. It's amazing. He started praying. When he started praying, and then he started reminding God of the promises of God for Judah. He's like, are we your people, God? Are you our God? Did you promise this land to us? And now this people is going to come here and try to take from us, try to destroy us. We believe in you, even if we go through, it says right here, even if we go through disaster and sword and judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand this here in this temple in your presence. And we will cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear us and save us. Amen? So what happened to him? He feared, but he seeked the Lord. He believed in God's promise to him. Even though they're like, Lord, what's going on here right now? So what are we going to do? We're going to praise. So he started praying. The Levites started, hey, one of the Levites, the son of Azeph, came and prophesied to him, hey, the Lord is speaking. Don't be afraid. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't be afraid because I will deliver you from the enemies. I'm going to give you the victory. So I just want you to praise. And so they started shouting and praising to God. You know what happened? You guys know what happened? They went there and they put the, Le- the Levites first. Like, maybe like this we, we worship first and then we come in and say, bring the message. But that service was crazy because they didn't have time for the message. They just praise, and when they go there, the, the enemy is defeated. Everybody's dead. What's going on? Because the Lord, we were ahead of them because they praise. Amen? So sometimes we need to have faith and obedience. I'm gonna praise and worship you because I know the victory is ours. You declare, you promise, and I believe in your promise. And we have to believe sometimes in praise. So I have like a very um, every time I speak about this, I start now. I have a testimony, and I was very young. I was like 10 years old. So it's a day and a, there was a day of missions at the church, and uh, the pastor would say, Hey, whatever is in your heart, I want you guys to, to give to, to missions today. So my dad uh, worked uh, all month out, and he gave my mom 20 I remember the I don't know how much it would be worth it, but $20. This is for the month, and she has to make sure that $20 is going to stretch for the whole month. So as we have worship time, and the Lord spoke to her, Give the $20. She's like, no, I'm not going to give the $20. It's everything we have for the month. But God starts speaking to her. And then she said, Lord, if I want to give, I want to give with joy. So she said that this joy just come into her and she just like, Sprays and worship, the people start playing music and they go there, we put the offering she put the whole $20 so she told me before the service to remind her that we have to stop at the meat place to buy some meat for lunch but she gave all $20 then we, as we passing by the meat place I, I, I said mom we got to buy the meat she's like, oh we buy another day so we had to walk six miles to go to church so we got home like hungry so um, we have one egg. So it's three kids, my mom. So she fried the egg and divided in four. Have rice, and then she prays and and pray to God, Lord. Thank you for this, this food. As the moment we finish praying, somebody knock on the door, and <laughs> this brother is like sweat because uh, we live far away in the hill, and he, she's like, "What are you doing here?" My wife did not let me rest until I have to bring this to you. So he brought four pounds of meat, three bags of rice, four bags of beans, and $40. And, and that built faith in a 10-year-old was watching. So I believe that God can do anything. And that builds faith in me just to, know what? I got to praise and worship God no matter what. Because God's going to come through and he's going to provide for you. If you do, are going to hard things right now, I just encourage you to praise first. To worship the Lord because God will provide. The only thing going back, I was just like wish we had double yolk eggs at that time. So, I'm sorry, I was emotional. Every time I do, I don't know why. I'm getting old. <laughs> so, true worship sometimes comes as sacrificial. It's like the one model is uh, Job, Job 121. You can go back there. It's just like he lost everything, he lost everything he had, he lost his kids. And he still comes. It says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I I want to be like Job to be able to lost. Lord, I know I lost this person that I love, but I'm gonna still praise your name, though knowing that you have in control of our lives. And I admire Hugo who went through that. We have exa- examples in our church here. And it's sacrificial. So the first one was comes. We have to have faith. Sometimes our worship has to be sacrificial. And then another one is with the woman of uh, the alabast jar, alabaster jar. She came and she poured out everything. Everything she is a whole year's worth of money. That's a lot of money, especially if you make money like Brenham. It's <laughs> huge. <laughs> so, I, you know the story. She comes and she break the the vase and just pour out. And the the the, the 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 disciples trying to stop her of doing that. And Jesus said, "No, don't stop her. She's like preparing my body to burial." But back then, though, at the, that time, people did not take a shower every day. They took a shower like once a week, so the perfume was to help your body to to the, keep the odor away. Yeah, had to smell bad, man. So just to think about, just think about. She comes and pour out the her worship. She gives everything she has, and. That was a week before God Jesus was sacrificed in the cross on the cross. And he at the moment he's he got his open arms and is trying to gasp for air. And he can smell her perfume. And he, he can smell her worship. And if you look in the Bible, every time it says that our worship is a fragrant sacrifice, pleasing to God, is about giving. It's not about raising your hands and jump up and down, do all the things that but it's about giving. She gave, and that's her worship. And it's an amazing story. And then the Bible says that her story is gonna be remembered forever. Amen. Guys with me? And through worship sometimes come it's like Selfless. Just Paul and Silas, they went to the jail in a worship. And Acts 16 says that the, as they worship, the doors of the prison got open. Maybe you in a situation right now that you're like, there's no, there no way for me. I just encourage you just to worship like Paul and Silas. Just worship first. God's going to open the doors. God opened the, bro- the doors that are closed. So these examples that we knew our worship, the only thing that you can connect to all of those, they had a relationship with God. So if we do not know our God, the God we worship, I encourage you to read your Bible. Pray. Seek him. Because if you seek, you're going to find him. If you knock, He's gonna open the doors for you. So you gotta if you know if you wanna worship the Lord relationship, our spirit worship with the spirit of God inside of us. So we gotta have a connection, a relationship. Amen. Yeah. So let's see. I always keep losing where I am. So right here, John 4 says, Yet it's coming on time and has come that when through worship we worship the Father. In spirit and in truth. And the kind of worship that the Father seeks. God is a spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. So, all over the scripture, as I said, is worship is connected with the presence of God. Where the Lord is present, he communicates with us. How we respond, how we respond with worship and praise. So, this is something that can happen individually or Together, like we're doing right now, we express ourselves in many ways to show God our love, our gratitude, and submission to Him. So this foundation will help us to talk about different ways how to express our worship this morning. And with that, we're going to express to show a little bit how we do here. Sometimes the people ask, like, what's your style? Like she said, like, elevation is uh, the other ones. But we try to, to go to the Bible. There was some songs like, hey, let's do this song. Like we pray about, we read. It's like, no, the lyrics really don't match what the Bible says. We're not going to sing this song. So we try to do a scriptural um, worship, a scriptural songs, choice and everything. So I'm going to let my wife talk a little bit more about the next topic.
0: So the first um, thing we're going to talk about is the musicians and the instruments. I think it's very interesting how many scriptures we can find with that. Uh, The first musician that is noted in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 4, verses 21. And it was Jubal or Yubal or however they say it, the son of Lamech. Um, he is described as the father of all who play stringed instruments and pipes. And he was the one who first created music that was played on instruments. So early on in the Bible, we already find um, notices of, of the instruments and, and musicians and all of that. Then all through the Bible, instruments are mentioned. There's a, a list. We're going to show a list of some that we found. And I might not say them all because even if I say them with confidence, it might sound bad. I don't know. But here we go. There's a list right there for you. Symbols, um, bells, wooden clappers, trumpets, shakers. I tried, tried to picture what it would sound. The frame drum was something that the, they, the Bible says the ladies used to use to, to worship. They had their own. Um, it was a smaller drum. And uh, we have lyre, harp, organ, tambourines, ram's horn, bagpipe, um, and the list goes on. I just did a quick search, and I found 21 um, instruments, and I'm sure there's so many more. What were they used for? They were used to warn, and they were used to celebrate, and there's scripture for all of that. But first, let's look at the picture here. We had pulled a picture of what the instruments looked like, I just thought it was um, interesting to see what they looked like and tried to picture a worship service with these instruments, you know, and add the trumpets to that, add all of those, uh, just add all of those other instruments. There's lots of pictures you can find. But they were used to warn and used to celebrate, and we still use them today to, to celebrate in our services. Um, there's a lot of scripture that you can find that will we'll will we'll talk more about that, but we don't have time to read. It must be very loud, wasn't it? It must be very loud. All yes. These but maybe God wanted them to just keep them put away in their tents. But I don't know. Well, let's see what the word says. Um Second Samuel six five. It says, David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating. With all their might, before the Lord. can you say with all their might? With all their might. So was it shy? No, it was with all their might, before the Lord, with songs and with harps, lyres, tambourines, cisterns and cymbals. Are the cymbals loud or quiet if they're played right? Loud. Are they loud or quiet? Loud. I didn't hear you. Are they loud or quiet? Loud. They're loud. It's in the Bible. Wow!
1: Especially in Brandon Place.
0: Psalm 33. It says, "Sing joyfully to the Lord." They sing joyfully.
1: Sing joyfully.
0: Joyfully. That's when we tell our soul. David talked to his soul and said, "Rejoice! Come on, soul, come with me." That's why we like to sing the song "Gratitude." Come on, my soul. Don't get shy on me. It's in the scripture. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to Him on the ten-string lyre. Sing to Him a new song. Sometimes we encourage you to sing a new song. And it's weird. It's awkward. I don't write songs. I've never written a song either. But we can sing out what's in our hearts before the Lord. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be like what we, we set the expectations for ourselves. But the Word says, Just sing a new song. Play skillfully. And for all of those who play, you know that the more you play, the better you play. That's why it requires hours and hours. The Word of God says we need to practice. The Word of God doesn't say just show up, bring your instrument, and play, and it's all good. It says play skillfully. That means it requires practice. And shout for joy. There are so many scriptures that talk about shouting for joy unto the Lord. How many of you have given like a shout? How does that feel? It, there's something that breaks inside of us when we can give a shout unto the Lord. And it's scriptural. It's all over the scriptures. You can find so many verses. It's good to praise the Lord and make music to your name almost high. So proclaim your, your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the 10 string lyre and the melody of the harp. Um, Psalm 92, verses 1 through 3. Again, shout for joy to the Lord. Say shout. Shout. Say shout. Shout. Say it like you mean it. Shout. Shout. There we go. We're getting there. Burst into jubilant song with music. Burst. It doesn't say hold back, it says to burst. And these are our verbs that are asking us to do something. It doesn't say. If you feel like bursting unto the Lord with shouts, then do it. But if you don't, then don't do it. Because a lot of times, we don't feel like. But the moment by faith, if I, if I shout by faith, if I burst by faith, then something happens. It changes my perspective on things. Psalm 144 Oh, no, I have to finish reading this one because it's one of my favorites. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. I don't know, if who, who has ever heard someone playing the trumpet? Raise your hand. It's very quiet, isn't it? Like, you can barely hear. Like, have you ever had a son who played the trumpet and had to practice at house. home? Inside of your house? It's kind of impossible to take a nap while that happens, right? <laughs> Trumpets are loud. Symbols are loud. And that's the instruments our, our, our son chose, which we, we love. I mean, what could we do? We can't say you can't do it. The word says you, you should. So <laughs> um, Psalm 144, 1, um, 9 and 10, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. It's giving you a list of reasons why you need to praise him. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Dancing, it's in the Bible. Praise him with the strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Brendan's excited now. <laughs> praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Are you breathing today? Yeah. That means you should get loud before Him and worship with everything that is inside of you. The verbs that we found, we just quickly found that there's a list of 13 of them, I think um, 15 that I found to worship, adore, praise, exalt, shout, dance, give thanks. Sometimes we're in a negative state and all we see is negative. The word says, give thanks. Look for something to be thankful for. Bow down. Kneel down. Spread out your hands. Clap your hands. Declare his glory. Ascribe, tremble before him. When was the last time that you have trembled before the Lord? He is holy. He is worthy of our praise. It says, tremble before him. And I think we need to be so careful that we don't lose the fear of the Lord. Yes, he is our father. And there is a closeness that I can come into his presence knowing that he is a father that is not rejecting me. And that is powerful. But at the same time, I also need to remember that at the same time that he is my father, he is also Adonai El Shaddai the holy of holies the king of kings and with that reverence of trembling before him for who he is we also find enter his gates with thanksgiving when we enter into his gates are we entering with thanksgiving in our hearts that is a choice we have to make that is not an option we need to choose to enter with thanksgiving so many times we don't even want to enter we just want to stay Oops. We just want to stay as far away as we can from the presence of God. We don't want to take that step and enter into His presence. As the scripture says. We said, "Enter into His presence." It requires action. So let's review what we've gone through so far, so we don't lose track here. We talked about the foundation of worship. What instruments were used in the Bible. How the people of God worshipped him and used the instruments. Um, Let's just go back a little bit and what happened when these people worshipped. You know, if you think about Jehoshaphat, what happened? They experienced victory. And it built their faith that day, didn't it? Breakthrough happened. If you think about um, Job, he also, everything was given back to him many times more. Because he chose to worship. He made a choice to worship his God. What happened to the woman of the alabaster jar? It was said, Jesus said, we would hear about her. People would hear about her for days to come. And we still talk about her to this day. Breakthrough happened. She was forgiven. She was forgiven. Um, When we talk about Paul and Silas... And worshiping in jail and the, when um, they were freed and they all stayed. And the jailer wanted to kill himself because he's like, everyone's going to flee and leave. And what's going to happen to me? Breakthrough happened. He was saved. His family was saved. And all the ones that were there were able to experience the power of God. Breakthrough happened. Think about David. When he danced without his king outfits and everything, he stripped down and he was dancing Breakthrough happened. He was so excited. But his wife, she was not happy about that. So there were consequences for both David and his wife. David was called a man after God's own heart. David understood the God he served. And he wrote songs. And he taught us how to worship. While his wife, she became barren. Because she criticized, criticized David for how he was worshiping. And I think it's very... Um, something very real to us in our days don't you think it's easy for us to criticize how others worship praise and worship is an expression and we are all different God created us very different and we will all um, express ourselves differently some of us will stand still some of us will jump some of us will sit down some of us will kneel down and bow down we are all different but be careful not to ever criticize someone who is worshiping
1: Sometimes, like, when you criticize somebody, we we get so... We get distracted about the criticism of the other person, and we lose the time of being worshiping with God in the presence of God. And we got so fed up with somebody that's jumping or raising their hands or not doing anything, just quiet, and like uh, just focusing on God. Because worship, at the end of the day, is about your heart. It's not how you're performing, but what's inside your heart. But talking about David. David, I don't know if you guys remember, he's not from the tribe of the Levites. He's from the tri- tribe of Judah. So the Levites were the only ones that could be in the presence of a God once a year. So now he has a chance to be in the presence of God, by the, close to the ark as he could be. And all his life you can see how his heart, it was for about to worship. But the only time he was in his, the presence of God without being killed, he's like, he took advantage. He jumped so so bad. People, somebody saw his underwear. But, don't do that here, please. But, uh, he was like, he's like, I gotta give everything I have here. The only chance I have to worship in the presence of God, because I'm not a Levite. I'm not a, one of the, the leaders. So it's, that's what, the, what I love about this passage because he gave everything he has when he has a chance. So let's do that too.
0: Yes, we have a chance of, uh, to worship in a free country. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And let's not take that for granted. So we have a choice to make, and that is to worship the Lord regardless. Regardless of where we're at, we can be in the kitchen doing dishes, we can be out in the fields. We can be driving our vehicles. That's an amazing time to worship, as long as you're watching your speed. <laughs> um, Walking around your neighborhood, go for a walk and be worshiping the Lord, regardless of who is watching you. You know, don't be shy if people are watching you if you're gonna worship worship, um, regardless who is leading you into worship. Whether you like the person who is leading you or not, who's singing the song, or regard or if you're at a concert. Or if you're in a small group or Sunday morning service, uh, regardless if you understand the person who's leading worship or not. You know, we tend to have this, we hype up all the the worship leaders and we come to church on Sunday and worship and we're just like, yeah, yeah. just let this be done. And then we go to a concert and there's Brandon Lake and Tosh and you go, praise the Lord. I love his hair. What happened to Sunday morning? What happened to Monday? What happened to yep. Tuesday? And we fall into this thing of following these famous worship leaders. And if they're doing it, then I'm going to do it. And we forget what the Word of God says. Let's be careful. Because if you follow them too much, when they fall, you will fall. Yes. This, is our, this is where we base it off. It's the Word of God. You know, we can get excited, it's all right, but let's be careful with that. And let's not be coming into church and going, well, it's not my team today, it's the team I like. Why is that person doing that song? How come they didn't let that other one do this song? She does it better. No, that's not what worship is about. Worship it is not about my personal preference. We tell our, when we talk to our teams um, here, they know that when they pick a song, when they pick the list, it's not about their personal preference as much as it is, what is God speaking to us as a congregation for this season? What is God speaking to FFM for this week? It's not something you do lightly. We don't pick songs just because they're great songs to do. No, that's not what it's about. What is God speaking? Does God want to instill joy inside of His people this week? Does God want to encourage us with faith? Does God want to bring us closer to His presence? Does God, you know, what is God doing? Is everyone going through a struggle? We're going to sing songs of breakthrough to encourage you. You know, so it's not about me; it's about the Lord; it's about Him. Our worship needs to be about God because of who He is.
1: But sometimes I think. I like sports. Who likes sports here?
0: Who,
1: who is uh, who is here a Lions fan? Okay, okay. Usually, people that like Michigan, they're usually a Lions fan, but because the Lions are doing so bad for so many years, they're like, I don't have a professional team. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like we come to the church and we'll just like the Lions fans. Well, well, you know, life it is. They're never gonna hire a good quarterback. If they do, they're not gonna hire anybody to help him. What are we gonna do? Ah, let's watch Michigan. <laughs> so sometimes we feel like we come to the church. Not excited about what God's doing in our lives. Okay, I'm gonna talk about a little bit, can I? About this game. I went to this awesome game in 1999. My team is on the final in Brazil, a soccer game. 110 people in that stadium. Everybody's excited. Their team thinks they're gonna win, we're gonna win. I was like, man, halftime, 0 0. I was like, man. This is, I'm tired. I'm not gonna lift up anymore. I'm gonna sit down. I'm not gonna get because every time the ball comes close to the goal, up and down, up and down. And I was like, man, I'm too tired. I'm not gonna do this. The team comes from the the halftime that comes in and huddle and they I don't know if they pray or whatever. One of the crazy fans turned around like,
0: we're gonna
1: win. Everybody, yeah! For 45 minutes. If I have to watch the game, I have to do the same thing. <laughs> and they're like, Le le, le, oh, Leleo, oh, le, le, oh, Mango. All 45 minutes. Lost my voice. Lost 10 pounds. <laughs> I got back, I, I spent 45 days in Rio de Janeiro. I come back, I all fed my wife. Wow. What happened? So <laughs> but the Holy Spirit just spoke to me right there, because I did not know, we did not know that my team is going to win. We could lose, but we're like, we're like, we're worshiping, we're like, we're like celebrating, we're like cheering for the team, and I guess God spoke to me. You already have the victory. Yeah. Come on, come on, let's give a hand to the Lord you already have the victory you know that you're gonna win you know that the enemy is defeated by the blood of the lord by the sacrifice of jesus christ on the cross but we don't celebrate nobody's giving a shout hey somebody got saved the rod's gonna be like oh another one for me to call no he's excited yes (laughs) yes somebody got healed this marriage got transformed. The kids is, is, is learning. It's, they're growing. They're, they're preaching now. They're leading worship. We're excited about what God is doing in our life. Are we? Yeah. No, but sometimes we act like we are Lions fans. We come here like, oh, my gosh, again, another game, another loss. No, we are victors. We won. The, so, come on. Yeah.
0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We won the game. Amen. So it's important to carry the presence of God wherever we go. It's important that we know that when He lives inside of us, that worship is a 24-7 lifestyle. Like we said in the beginning of sacrifice. Going back to that, the basics of it, of living a life of sacrifice, and it's a part that we don't like. Because we want to just do it on Sunday and be done with it for the week and then go about our lives and then you know, whatever happens during the week happens during the week. And then on Sunday morning, I'll get right with God and I'll worship Him for a little bit, maybe 30 minutes if so. But the Lord is calling us to live a life of worship. That's on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, wherever we go and whatever we do. So sometimes we can get super excited at ball games, like He was saying, or sometimes even um, when we go to parties. And we're, we're dancing because we're celebrating someone who got married and all of that. But even in those times, we have to remember that we carry the presence of God with us. And we have to be careful about what songs we dance to. And I want to talk about that just for, just for a minute. Because there's so many times that you're dancing to t- songs that the lyrics are trash. They're talking about getting drunk. They're talking about losing hope. They're talking about partying our night. Uptown funk, chandelier, all those songs that you love, and you're dancing to that. And where's the presence of God? Is it with you at that moment? When you go one to three drink, fill up the cup, and to spend all night like that. We carry the presence of God with us wherever we go. We are responsible, we are the temple. The Word of God says, "We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's a responsibility people. And if we want to see the glory of God, if we want to see miracles happen, if we want to see deliverance happen, if we want to know the God we serve deeply, we need to be careful about how we live our lives. On Friday, on Saturday, on Monday. Because if we don't separate ourselves, the, sec- the verse that follows Romans 12.1 is like, and do not be conformed with the world. Do not be conformed. Yes, we are a free people, but in the freedom, we have to make choices. Because everything we do is a choice and has its consequences. And if we're feeling cold and disconnected, Maybe it's because we are choosing to separate ourselves from God. We are choosing to not carry a Holy Spirit in our temple where we go. And I don't want you to think, oh, you're just being religious now. Actually, I don't care what you think at this moment because I feel this strongly. We play with the things of the world. We play with it, and it's so much fun, and then we come into the presence of God, and all of a sudden, we don't see his glory. We don't see him for who he is. Our vision gets blurred. Our perspectives change because we are making choices that are keeping us afar from his presence. We have to be careful, church. We have to build our lives on the solid foundation of the word of God and not be conformed with the world. When we don't know what might happen overnight, just like COVID hit, something else will come. Are we going to be shaken? The answer to that question depends on where we're standing right now. If we can carry the word of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of our temple, Monday to Monday, when things come, we will not be shaken. We won't. But if this is something I open only on Sunday, if so, if worship is just from 10 to 12 on Sunday morning, or maybe listening to worship music because it's a habit. You're gonna shake when the storms come. What are you gonna stand on? It's about a cho- we have a choice to make, and the Holy Spirit has been speaking this a lot to us. Watch what we do. Watch the videos we watch. Look at the time we're spending with other things that will give us no foundation as opposed to the time we're spending in His Word that will give us a true, deep foundation. If we want to be a light out there and we want to take, um, encourage people to come to the presence of the Lord... How are we living our lives? Are we living as a true sacrifice? It's not about what feels good. It's about what is good and righteous before the Lord. A life of true sacrifice. A life that is giving everything, even our our, um, carnal desires of not worrying about it. There's a, pi- a price that needs to be paid. If we want to see the glory of God, if you want to see healing, deliverance, salvation, there's a price to pay. If you want to be ready for when the storms come, there is a price to pay. A builder that is putting a foundation, it's, it's hard work. It's not something you do and it's easy. You want to enjoy the house with everything that is in it. Everything, once it's decorated, it looks nice. You walk in, it feels good. But there was a lot of work put into it. So is our lives. A foundation that cannot be shaken. A true life of worship. The Lord is calling us to that church. He's calling us back to where we were when we first fell in love with him back to the basics of a relationship with him that cannot be shaken. He's calling you back today.
1: God's calling. He's not calling pastors, musicians, drummers. He's searching for true worshipers. And as I bring our worship and I give to the Lord that got preachers and singers and musicians and all that. We use our gift to the Lord. But he's not looking for the great musician, a great piano player. He's looking for you, for your heart. And true worship comes with surrender. And I just encourage you to surrender your life to the Lord. Just to spend time in the Bible. When, when Paul says that he, uh, to give our life as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice. But then on the second verse says, did not conf- be confirmed with the, this world, the things of this world. It's, there was a separation. And it is hard for us to separate with all the things going on in this world just to, to be in the presence of God. But just I encourage you guys. We're going to start singing songs. I want you just to go and just worship the Lord. If you want to come to the front and worship, there was no, nobody's going to pray for you. It's just a time for you and God. I said, Lord, I got things going on. I want to change my life. I'm going to come closer to you. I want to experience God's power. I want to experience deliverance. I want to experience your presence. But it's a choice. It's me and you. Like Mike Munson, he cannot, his kids cannot like d- depend on his uh, relationship with God. They got to have their own relationship with God. The same way my kids. So I just encourage you just just, just to search and seek the Lord. And God's looking for true worshipers that worship Him in spirit and truth. Amen? So let's Stand up and let's worship together If you know the song, just close your eyes and lift up your arms and just just worship with us Jesus oh God, we worship you God.
2: We give you all the praise Lord. Oh. My words for sure I've got nothing new How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often do. But every song must end, and you never do. Let's sing it out. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Because all that I have is a high Nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I've got one response. I've got just one. With my arms stretched wide